0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Bullshit Podcast, where we take a no bullshit look at entrepreneurship and offer you some mindset shifting insights along the way with your host, Chance Aiken. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the No Bullshit Podcast. I'm here with Rachel Blackmore. She is a successful copy and content writer specializing in brand recognition and digital marketing. Uh, she's been doing this over the past ten years. She's owned and managed businesses as well as ghostwritten for hundreds of companies, bloggers, and solopreneurs. Uh, most recently, though, she's currently uh, consulting through her company, Blackmore Marketing Solutions, working with a limited number of clients to explode their brand voice and story through what she calls the omnipresent digital footprint. Uh, so I'll go ahead and give it to you, Rachel. If you want to expand on that a little bit more, and you know, say hi to everybody and let them know exactly what it is that you do, and your company, yeah,
1: certainly. Thank you for having me, Chance. And I would say thank you for having me on this podcast. But I'm so terrified to get the name wrong. <laughs> I'd have to say it very slowly and carefully. So thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, uh
1: Yeah. So, so the that's my bio. That's the pretty side of my bio. Uh, yeah. in the last ten years, I, I. Wish it's kind of like filters on Instagram, right? Can we just have a filter for our life? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Bio is for me Uh, over the past really it's closer to 13 years now. I keep saying 10 years and then like another year will happen and I still say 10 years. So, (laughs) uh, so closer to 13 years or so, I've uh, been in this entrepreneur life. Uh, I've written during that time. So, Uh, uh, about 13 years ago, I purchased my first franchise business and, uh, it was brick and mortar business for women's fitness, uh, bought the second one within about 18 months or so of the first one worked for, with those for, uh, about five years or so Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, doing some ghostwriting and doing some blogging and things like that. Uh, and, uh, I ended up closing one business selling another, and kind of what I do now spawned from the lessons learned, uh, yeah, in, in all of that. And so, um, going back to get my diploma in copywriting and studying more of the marketing side of business, which is uh, the really the fundamental reason that I ended up closing a business was, for one, I thought advertising and marketing was the same, and for two, I thought that uh, any any marketing is good marketing, basically. So I wrote for myself, but really didn't know enough of what I was doing to yeah. be able to uh, see any return on investment with that. And uh, so, yeah, I spent a couple of years really diving in and, and re-educating myself and then just started with one client at a time. And as I had success, got more clients and here we are today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, So what actually inspired you to get into the copywriting side of uh, marketing and advertising?
1: Yeah. So what happened when I had my businesses were, uh, I had been in the women's fitness field for quite a while. Uh, it was my, one of my first jobs at about 15 or 16 years old. And okay. I had worked through, uh, being promoted through the franchises and managing franchises. And I found, uh, that sure. I know how to operate it. I know how to, uh, cultivate a great environment and so on and so forth. So I purchased the franchises. Uh, What I didn't realize at the time was, although I was writing my own content and I was writing my own uh, advertising and marketing and people were responding well to it, they responded well to, hey, we really like to read this or, oh, what a fun ad or something like that. And it wasn't Oh man, I want to walk in there. I want to purchase. I want to. I want a membership. And so when I closed uh, the business, I had put in our entire life savings, tens of thousands of dollars in the last quarter that we were open, and had just continued to think that well, if people like what they're reading, then the problem is that I just haven't reached enough people. So I just need to pour in more money to reach more people, and then it'll be good. And it snowballed into. Closing the doors and not knowing what happened <laughs> it was a bad strategy, and uh, so I really did soul searching of what what in the world went wrong. I didn't know copywriting was really a thing at that time, and yeah. through that uh, continuing to search and figure this out, I found out oh, there's copywriters. Oh, this is why we do it. Um, there's there's entire structures and psychology and everything else built behind. Content when you want more than just readership and reach, uh, so that really turned me on to copywriting, and the more I studied it, the more I loved it and i I really take my stances, I think content writing, which is what I was doing, and copywriting, which is a lot of what I do now, needs to be married in order to really make this work well because you want people to like what you're writing and you want yes. that reach, but you want people to also do whatever the call to action is, you know, uh, which I didn't really even have one at the time. Actually, it was more informational and just assumed people knew what to do after that. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was really how I got into copywriting and and found a love for it and then found a passion for it because I don't want anyone else to go through what I did. Uh, I, I was a good business owner. I was hardworking. I was passionate people Loved it. I did my marketing completely wrong. And I think that a lot of people are stuck in that as business owners. And so to come alongside them and say, Hey, guess what? I did it too, but I have the answer uh, or an answer to help you out uh, was, was what inspired me.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, and you you make a good point. It really does need to be like a happy medium between those two things for successful copy, because you can have interesting, great content that you're writing but nobody's going to buy anything. Or you can have really salesy co- copy that you're sure you're going to get some people to buy, but you're also going to turn a lot of people off. So if you can find that happy medium where it's great content writing, but it still has a true call to action that gets people to take action, then that's where you have the success and finding that is where it's difficult for a lot of people and Yeah, in one way or the other.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. And I am, really passionately against uh, copywriters who are very sales driven. <laughs> it, yeah. it really frustrates me when I read copy. That is so like, we, we have this list of all these things that you need to do to trigger somebody to buy and you've hit, you know, all 10 of them and people are buying. But, but I feel like you take advantage of people that way. You know, when I teach my content that converts class, uh, I say everybody raise your right hand and take the Blackmore Marketing Solutions Oath. <laughs> you will only yeah, use yeah. what I'm teaching you for good, right? And yeah. you're going to do it with good content and uh, pure of heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sales sales be as well. So I think, I think there's something huge to be said for being careful about uh, the copywriters or copywriting yourself. That is so sales driven that you lose much of, of everything else
0: yeah you've got to ensure that you're being you know ethical with your message as well and uh that, that's that's very true and that's funny that you do the oath thing that's uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of awesome i've i've seen some people do similar things but that that's really awesome that you do that uh <laughs> and so one thing actually i want to talk about you mentioned the uh uh the course or your that you teach people what exactly is the omnipresent digital footprint that you reference like what sure. what exactly would you you consider that to be
1: yeah, sure. So rarely do I take on smaller projects that are, hey, I need uh, I need an email or I need uh, not really sales letters anymore, but sometimes um, some sort of print material or uh, small things like that um, only because I work with clients and their entire company strategy. What is the the tone of voice, what's the voice and the tone separately uh, and, and make sure that everything is cohesive going out and that they are seen all over the internet as the same presence, as the same entity, whether that's one person or a big company. And so it's this kind of idea of um, although your content is everywhere and it's being seen digitally everywhere it says the same message with the same voice. Tones could be different based on, you know, platform and, and what the writing yeah. is. But I think that a lot of marketing is remiss in that they'll have maybe outsource for social media, outsource for copywriting for the website and landing pages, uh, outsource for content writing. And then, then you don't have this entire uh, digital, you know, footprint that is, that's cohesive and the same. And one of the main things that get people to buy is being familiar with who you are. Uh, Familiarity. I hate that word so much. (laughs) Um, Is, uh, is, is what gives you trust, you know, is, is what makes people trust what you're saying and what your brand is. And if it's not cohesive all the way around, then, then you lose a lot of that along the way. So I work with, clients who want to work on this entire digital footprint as uh, as I'm, I'm going to write the story, I'm going to write the content, I'm going to write the copy, I'm going to write the social media, and we're going to you know, go on this together. Now, sometimes I work with creative groups, and they already have groups, and that's great, but it's still the same premise of we're going to make sure that our voice, our tone, our message, our mission is all the same going across the entire digital space
0: yeah no and that that makes sense I'm glad you kind of brought that up at the end because that that's what i was going to say is yeah if you're going to have a team you it's best to you know make sure they're all on the same team so that your message is still you know congruent and cohesive and everything because you don't want one person posting on instagram for you and while they might be getting good engagement and doing everything right for instagram if it doesn't match the same story and uh that you're trying to tell when you're on posting on Facebook or Twitter or your website or blog, it's, you know, you're still missing the point. And so Mm -hmm, you want it to be congruent and cohesive. And I think that is where a lot of people miss uh, the point on that thing. And they, they do, they outsource, you know, individually, they get somebody that they think is the best on Facebook, somebody different that's better at Instagram, Mm -hmm. but they don't have those two different outlets or two different people communicating with each other to make sure they're on the same page. And so you end up with these two different stories for the same company. And that right there drives away business, actually, because then people start getting confused on the what's the real story of the business? You know, who am I buying from? And yeah, it does the opposite of what you want it to do.
1: It does. And I find that a lot right, right now that this space is getting noisier and noisier uh, with Just stuff, just posting stuff and, uh, you know, whoever can put the most content out wins kind of a thing. And I think that, again, we're remiss in that, like just slow down for a second, find some of the best strategies and the best companies out there. I always use the example of Coca-Cola, whether or not you like Coca-Cola, how do you market the same product that hasn't changed for a century over <laughs> yeah. and over and over again? You, you, have, you, know, you won't find Coca-Cola saying on one side something and completely opposite on another site or another platform. They, their story may change through the years uh, of what they're focused on and what they're, how they're marketing it. But it will be the same across the board. The same as uh, I like the example of Dove body wash. Uh, women, you know, curvy women using Dove body wash. This is their message across the board, and you you won't see it anywhere different. If you did, they would lose the women who want to be part of that of that story and that message. Yeah. And so it's so important to really understand that uh, you you need if you have a team, you need a leader who is understanding the, the entire plan, really the architecture of your, of the narrative that you're shaping for the company and can make sure that every piece of content comes back to what's our mission statement for our content. Does this work or does it not? Uh, you know, if, um, if if cats playing poker is not part of something that fits into your mission statement, but it's viral right now, that's not what we're posting, you know? Uh, for the types of clients that I work with.
0: Okay, awesome. And uh, so back to one of the things you said at the beginning of, you know, kind of explaining what you work with people on. When you first made the switch, you know, from running the franchises to then trying to build your own business online with doing the copywriting for people and content writing, did you ever do just emails or sales letters, one-offs here and there? Did you, from the start, know that you wanted to do the full process for people?
1: For sure. Uh, For many years, I've worked through sites like uh, similar to Upwork or Fiverr or something like that uh, for ghostwriting and, uh, uh, and sales and copy and all of that stuff. So it really started there with just taking these projects, honing my skills, getting good at it, and then taking on a little bit more and a little bit more. And then I started in with entire copy for the whole website, which shaped the whole narrative of startup uh, companies. I still work with a lot of startups uh, because you get to shape it from the ground up and that's exciting to do. And uh, once I got a taste of the first client doing the entire thing, I thought this is, this is exactly what I want to do. And uh, so now if I have time, I'll do the smaller projects. but I really just tell people, if you have a question on your content and you want to send it to me, I'll, I'll take a look at it for free and just tell you what I think and you can take it or leave it. Or, uh, you know, instead of just having, instead of paying me to do a rewrite, I'll, I'll just give you my feedback and you can kind of work with that. Uh, so I, I really do it that way instead where I can fit it in for, for the bigger client.
0: That's awesome. And and that's one thing that I consistently see with, uh, different people and entrepreneurs I speak with that seem to have, you know, really great levels of success is they do things like that. They're willing to provide tons of value to people like that by, you know, like you're offering just free feedback to people on some copy or things like that. You know, the, the some of the most successful people online that I see that, you know, tend to do the best for themselves. They seem to always be very, uh, centric around the idea of helping others and you know giving back giving tons of value for free and then worrying about getting money on the back end like knowing that that's going to come just by being themselves and providing that value up front rather than oh you need to pay me then i'll give you some feedback on your copy which obviously there's those people out there and sure they make money but i that seems to be a trend i've noticed for a long time now is the people that will do that stuff for free and just want to provide value and help it build such a much more loyal base of people that want to follow them and actually want to give them their money and do business with that person rather than just having to be sold on something.
1: Yeah, certainly. I, I agree. I, I am asked fairly regularly. uh, I was just asked on a call this week, will you put out a a webinar for the classes that you teach and other lives and Facebooks and things like that? And I keep saying, no, (laughs) Uh, um, only because I feel like this space is so bombarded with, uh, if I put out a free webinar, which is what I would want to do, then the expectation is always we'll give you a little bite of the entire pie, you know, and hook you at the end, which is not what I would want to be associated with. But unless you went through it, you wouldn't know that that was happening. That it was just pure value. Uh, yeah. And if I if I if I did it um, and charged for it, it it doesn't fit in with what how I want to run my own my own business. So so right now I'm just doing the the Facebook and uh, and podcast and saying hey email me if I can help uh, message me on Facebook and and I'll give you feedback and. So far, I, I don't have anything for sale. <laughs> yeah. I would just, rather, I'd just rather help out when I can. And uh, the clients I get to work with get the full, the full thing. And that's just where I'm at. I'd like to stay small enough to keep it that way.
0: That's, that's awesome. And, and that's where a lot of people I think fall off is they aren't you know, strong in their convictions of who they are and what they want. So, you know, they start seeing dollar signs from people offering stuff. So then they'll, you know, they'll chase that rather than sticking true to who they are and just being authentic and real with people, which, you know, if you're authentic and real all the time, that's what's going to get you the most success long-term. Sure, you can have short-term success by being a slime ball and doing whatever you need to do to get mm-hmm. money. I mean, we, there's always that you know talk of the typical used car salesman type attitude towards things. And you know, if you're chasing dollar signs, sure, you can get it pretty quickly, but it's not going to be sustainable long-term if you're not being real and authentic about it and having a different purpose other than just the money. Um, obviously it can be around money. Like, sure, you want to get money to help others or help your family or whatever. Sure, it can be around that. But if it's simply, I want this much money, it's not going to last forever. And, uh, and, and the, you seem to have that all figured out, which, you know, more power to you. And uh, one of the things that, that I definitely agree with on you is with you is the whole webinar aspect is, I mean, and, and that's what most people preach is the whole aspect that Yes, you can make a ton of money with webinars, um, but the whole aspect that has always been a double-edged sword that's always kind of kept me hesitant to doing any, as much as I've wanted to at times, I've always kind of just fought with it, is the fact that it seems like the most successful way to present a webinar is not to teach anything at all, but to sell. It's It's to teach enough about the subject to peak interest, really, and kind of self promote yourself as a position of authority to then sell at the end. When in reality, if I wanted to do one, it would be, you know, strictly teaching. And that's something a good friend of mine that I've known most of my life that's done, you know, very well online for himself in recent years. And just like you, he's always willing to help people out for free and everything is he doesn't do it as much now because he is so much more involved with his business now that it's grown so much. But about a year ago, a year and a half ago, he was, you know, constantly doing what he would sometimes label as webinars or web classes, but he would just go live on Facebook for an hour or two. And then obviously he would just leave them up on his profile, but he would actually be teaching and training people. And that message, you know, sure it took some time to gain traction, but now, like I said, he's having, you know, very high levels of success due to all of that high value, real content and being authentic and actually training people. And that goes back to what I was saying before. If, you know, I, I see that seems to be where people have a lot more high levels of success when they do that long-term and be real and actually teach people and provide value rather than just try to pique people's curiosity to then sell them something. And that, that's where I've always had the kind of double-edged sword mentality towards the webinar. As much as I've wanted to put some on at times, it's always like, I don't know if I should, because it seems like the most successful way to write the script for a webinar is to just be focused on a sale. And that's what's always held me back from that as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's difficult to, uh, make that decision for, for me personally, I, uh, am very careful who I bring on if I'm bringing on a VA or if I'm outsourcing to help, uh, if i have a client that only wants growth on instagram i i have somebody that i go to who is a growth hacker and and work with him uh if so it really depends but for me um other than i don't have anybody full time i don't uh i work with the clients that i can work with based on the amount of time that i have and and the amount of value that i can give because once you do go beyond that and say no i want to make this amount of money and the end will justify the mean. Then you start. You really, you really get into a tough situation because you do have people that are then counting on you. You have taken on maybe more than you can do. You know all of these things, and then you go, okay, well, time for a webinar. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I think that you you have to be really uh, careful, and you have to know. For me, my conviction comes from having had businesses having had success i I uh, tripled my the size of my business and memberships when I had it, and within uh, a year and a half of bad strategy and marketing wrong and all of this stuff uh, I closed the business and I share sometimes um so I will now and you can edit it out later if you'd like to <laughs> <laughs> But I, I share with with some people uh that the truth is we went business and personally bankrupt, um, when we closed the the business and, uh, we had, when I say nothing, we did not have a car or beds and, uh, we had, we had nothing. We slept on air mattresses for, uh, we had our kids' beds, but we slept on air mattresses for six or eight months and, um, walked to get groceries and my husband walked to work. And that is when I, uh, (laughs) <laughs> dove in and tried to figure out what in the world went wrong. And had people not given real value about copywriting, I wouldn't have known any of that. Yeah. And so I was able to get on there and certainly I had to pay for my diploma and pay for the actual schooling when it when it was time. But during that, during the time where there was just no money and I had no idea what had gone wrong or what I was going to do next, it, I turned to the internet and to the people that really wanted to put out good content for me to understand and so I, it's just really important to me to be able to uh, obviously now we have vehicles and homes and cars uh, yeah. <laughs> and things like that uh, but that but that still sticks with me that lesson and that conviction uh, has stayed, and so I want to be able to maybe just pay it forward I'm not sure but
0: yeah no and thank you for sharing that I mean that's important for people to hear I think I mean it's Because whether you are starting a business or, you know, you're working in the franchise industry as a business owner, it's not always going to be, you know, you're not always people just sometimes look at that as, oh, they're just making tons of money. It's, it's easy. It's this, it's that when, you know, everybody has their own struggles. It's not all uh, a Ty Lopez commercial. And I I say that with all the love in the world, I have nothing against the guy, but (laughs) I see so many people online, they look at entrepreneurship as anybody that has their own business is living that kind of lifestyle. And that's just not it. I mean, everybody has their ups and downs. There's always going to be bad times. There's always going to be greener grass somewhere else. And, you know, you got to find what pushes you forward, whether it's your family or giving back to someone else, something that's you know, that's one of my favorite books I always talk about a lot, especially and I've talked about it a lot on this book uh podcast these podcasts I do with people is uh uh Start with Why by Simon Sinek. It's one of my favorite books. And uh I think that's really important for people is to find your why or your purpose or goal that you really kinda use to help propel you forward because things aren't always gonna be good. And sure, whenever you're starting a business, you might get excited and you're very passionate about it, love it, and then a few months down the road, you're not making all the money that you thought you were going to do because that webinar told you you're going to be making 10,000 a month. And you, you didn't hit that within 60 days. So now you're getting depressed and not motivated. You know, you got to find that real motivation to keep moving forward and pushing forward and eventually hit those numbers and maybe even beyond depending on what you're doing or what your goals are. But you know, you got to find your why and your purpose to really push through and that's why I always think it's, you know, important for people to hear stories like that. So I really do, you know, thank you for sharing that because, you know, it's, it's not always just easy. It's not like you were making tons of money as a franchise owner, and then it was just easy for you to just, you know, pay out of pocket for school to, uh, you know, learn copywriting and then just, you know, all the money out of pocket to start this business. It wasn't easy for you by any means. You had your struggles, had your ups and downs. So I definitely think that's important for people to hear. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, sure. I think that there's so many uh so much smoke and mirrors in online in digital media and uh which is really where our focus is anyways. I'm sure there's there is in in other settings as well, but specifically uh as a business owner or even in marketing, you get this idea that uh if you're not reaching all of these huge goals by a certain amount of time that you're doing something wrong or that that sometimes there's something wrong with you because it's your business, right? So it's everything that you're doing. It's sort of an entity of of yourself oftentimes, especially if you're in um, the the arts or the writing and things like that, because everything is coming from who you are and, and within your own mind and your own soul. And and I think that it's important for people to understand that, uh, first of all, there's lag time, right? So there's there's all of this, <laughs> or uh, or sewing time, or however you want to say it, you know, whichever analogy you want to use. There's time that you that you build this foundation, and you just keep at it, and you keep at it, and you keep at it, and a lot of the grades will say the same thing of. Uh, no one watched those videos for a year or no one listened to this for a year or no, you know, and then all of a sudden they did and everybody went, oh, they're an overnight success. Where did they come from? You're like, I've been here (laughs) for five years, right? Uh Exactly. (laughs) You know, there is time in between and there's, there's very little that you can do, I think, to ultimately change that by a great amount and the the way I think of it is a lot of uh like a garden where you are you are tilling the ground and you're sowing the seed and it is important that you cultivate that area every day because if you didn't it wouldn't grow and and it would die and and harvest would not come. However, you cannot make that corn grow any faster. You know, it's, it's just (laughs) going to happen when it happens and you have to be consistent in, in the meantime. And it's the same for when I'm talking with clients or when I'm talking to business owners and encouraging them of stay consistent, stay at it, get a good strategy, be smart, work hard, all of that stuff. But you just have to kind of wait for harvest. That's just the way that it happens. And if you stop short of that and thinking that there's something wrong with you or something wrong with your business, you're going to miss everything that is about, about to happen is about to come, you know? So anyway, that's my little,
0: my yeah. little and analogy. And, and, for- and that fits perfectly actually with a, a quote I saw earlier that, you know, it makes a lot of sense, which is uh, just because you haven't reached success as fast as someone else doesn't mean that you failed. And that's, you know, very true. And back to the other point that you made, a lot of the times those supposed overnight successes that you see, weren't actual overnight successes, you just didn't hear about them until they were a success. And so you didn't hear about the past year or 10 years that they spent, you know, working their butts off trying to get where they are now. It's, you know, so it's not always as it appears on the outside. It's not always truly a overnight success and sure some people are going to have success faster than you but it doesn't mean that you've failed okay. and then uh just to back up a little bit how how like so once you s- transitioned you got your uh diploma in the copywriting and started doing that what transitioned you from you know simply doing that as your own business you know helping other people kind of freelancing to then teaching other people what was that kind of turning point to begin teaching others how to do it
1: sure just people asking a lot and talking to business owners and having that heart for and I get how hard it is it's really hard it can be lonely it can be confusing and uh business owners are by and large, good people, <laughs> really yeah. hard-working people, and people who want to change the world with their service or their product. And uh, I really just felt like I want to take on clients that I do this for, and then I want to answer questions and come along as a support to others as well. So it really just came organically with people asking me questions or just having conversations, and I, and I say, oh do this, or try this, or let me, um, let me write this up for you, and see what you think, and run with it, and that kind of thing, um, yeah, it just happened organically that way.
0: Okay, yeah, I know that, and that's the best way to come of it, I mean, I know a lot of times, and nothing against this method, I just know a lot of times people, they, they're doing something, and they're like, oh, I, there's a good opportunity here in the course industry, so let me go after that, and then that's how they get into that, but I definitely love the way that that transpired even more is the fact that, you know, people were coming to you, asking you, you saw they were getting the results they needed from what you were giving them, and then essentially just taking that need and filling the void of that need with uh, your own course or service. Uh, so, then something that I don't know if it's kind of taboo to talk about with a copywriter, but what is your take on a software system like Funnel Scripts?
1: Oh, uh, I'm not, I'm not a fan of pre-written copy for the most part. I think that it has, again, I think that sometimes there are businesses or people who, cannot afford a copywriter or uh, have been burned by a copywriter in the past or something like that. And they're and really they just need like a copy and paste, just start something, start somewhere, get me going. Uh, I'm not sure that copywriters who put out content largely like that are necessarily Doing it for the best of the people buying it, as yeah. much as uh, it's their business. You know, instead of doing one-on-one copywriting, they can yes do, do these massive sales and things like that. So um, I have a uh, sort of I have a pretty passionate <laughs> response to that, but um, <laughs> but I know uh, but I know how. Uh, I, I know what fans um of funnel scripts and click funnels and all of that. I, I know that the fans are diehard fans and um and I've been a member of ClickFunnels. I've done the whole the whole entire thing. His books are right behind me on my shelf actually. But uh, yeah. um so so and I don't I don't know Russell personally at all. So um yeah. I, I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know how much I did like so really into
1: that. get exactly. into that.
0: With a copywriter, but I, I just wanted to, you know, hear your take yeah. on, it. And, you know, me, yeah. I've, I've used it for clients that have had it mm-hmm. and they wanted me to use it. And I yeah. end up changing it quite a bit after it generates what it generates. Um, the biggest thing I could see that it would be useful for is if you are putting out a lot of webinars mm-hmm. and, you want to follow that you know, perfect webinar script that Russell talks about in his books and everything. And instead of writing out all the slides manually, they have that thing within there that you can you know, just kind of answer these 40, 50 questions, or whatever, and then it kind of generates those slides for you. And if you're following that script, I think that that's perfect. It saves you a lot of time. But for writing real copy and trying to do real ad copy and everything, the few times I used it for my client that was actually using it, like I said, I ended up rewriting most of it anyway because it just—it seems to all kind of it jumbles your answers and it doesn't really make it flow right, and it just all seems very generic and bland. And it's—it's it's hard, regardless of what your answers are, in that thing to keep it true to the story you're trying to tell for the company. And so that's where I end up having a lot of respect for actual copywriters like yourself. Is it, it does take a skill, and while I Might consider myself better than funnel strips at times and better than the average person. I definitely don't consider myself an expert copywriter by any means. And so that's why I definitely have respect for people such as yourself that are, you know, that's what they do. They're great at it. And uh, because it it does take a certain level of skill to be able to put out good copy that, like you said, it kind of marries the two between content and sales, you know, getting that real, real kind of mesh of the two. That way you're engaging people. Being real with them, telling the correct story, but still having call to actions that people actually take action on that doesn't just get overlooked or missed and uh, so I th- that's why I think it's you know really important to still if you can afford it or if you can look at it from the aspect of using a copywriter, a real one on the back end is gonna. Do such great things for your company that will generate real revenue. That even if you might not be able to truly afford it now, on the back end, it'll make you money. Then you know that's why I always try to gear people towards using real copywriters because it's funnel scripts, great technology, just doesn't get you to where you need it to be, in my opinion. And like you said, if you really are hurting for money and you can just spend that money, it's better than whatever you can do then i i get that it definitely can help but outside of you know just saving yourself some time with generating webinar slides i think real copywriters are definitely the way to go and that's why i just definitely wanted to get your opinion on it i know it might be a kind of a taboo thing in the touch but (laughs) i i figured it would uh I, I figured it was something I definitely wanted to ask somebody that definitely not only works, but teaches copywriting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know I've heard, I've heard uh, Russell speak on, on. You know, he, of course he hires his copywriters for his funnels and things like that. He's mm-hmm. a fan of copywriters. So, uh, so, and, and it's not an all in competition with, you know, what I do. And so I, yeah. I, I, I did this video one time, and uh i told my husband i was so frustrated i i only work with clients that i i believe in that i believe we have uh like minded about what we're going to do you know we've kind of talked about the type of clients that i work with and so one time i hired or, or uh, this client hired me off of and i looking back i know that this was this was my error but we talked on the phone extensively about the kind of uh, business that she was running and the content and the courses and all of this stuff. And I was just right on with her. I totally believed in what she was doing. And so I said, I don't, I don't need to see your stuff. We're good to go. Like, Let's just get started on this and then you can send me the stuff and I'll read through it and research it and get everything together on my end. And then she did. And it was <laughs> completely different. It was just everything that I'm against about uh, yeah, just that webinar that makes the most money and adds no value and uh, not no value, but very little value, not enough value yeah. to, to finish the project that you were in the webinar for. Um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I said, I had a caller and I, I had to say, I'm so sorry, but I can't work with you. I can't promote this refunded or, all of that stuff, she, it didn't end super well. She was not yeah. happy with that. But that day, that was like at nine o'clock in the morning. And by about maybe nine or 10 o'clock at night, I just stewed over it all day long. I was yeah. so frustrated. And so I got out of the shower and I put like my charcoal mask on and I was in my bathrobe and my hair was up in the, you know, tie <laughs> towel and everything. And I come out to my husband and I say, that's it. I'm just like this. I can't wait any longer. I'm doing a Facebook Live. I'm so upset. <laughs> like, maybe you should just record the video first and make sure. And so I thought, well, okay, whatever. He's the stable one usually, so I'll listen yeah. to And uh, so I recorded the video, and I thought still, I'm still going to put it out. He said, well, just sleep on it. Let's wait until the morning. And but, thank goodness. Cause in the morning I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. No one needs to see. This. But my frustration was that like, everyone stop, stop just using all of these perfect, you know, scientific methods to, to to take other people's money and not give them what you said that you were going to give them in the first place, or only give them enough to want them to buy more, and it's just such a scam. It's such a hard thing for me, and so I feel like mass-produced copywriting that produces money uh, or produces sales or conversions can be used in such the wrong way that that's really what gets me. Is is that that you, you don't have any control over it at that point. And that's fine for some copywriters. It's not for me, you know? So, uh, but yeah, so that's, yeah, I went off on my tangent and I did. That's
0: that's good though. And I mean, and it, it it's very true. I mean, that's a lot of people, they see something that works and so they want to implement it exactly like that for themselves without any regard to you know what their personal story is or uh, you know ethical guidelines are, anything. And they just want so many people they want to get into the internet business because they think it's easy and just cut and paste. So they look for all these guides and systems that they can just plug themselves into and start making money. And while some people, sure they'll do that and they'll make money, other, that's where you're going to have a lot of people, you know, talk about, they've been like, oh, I've been through all these different courses and nothing's worked for me. And, you know, it's, it's probably because you're joining something that doesn't align with you or you're trying their methods that don't work for you. And while there's, you know, great things you can learn from just about every different method or system that people use out there, you have to make it your own. If you're just plugging into someone else's system, it's, Like I said, it'll work for some people, but not all. And you really got to find what works for you and stay true to who you are. And that's, that's one of the things I also really love about working with actual, you know, real copywriters is, you know, they tend to, you know, actually take the time to speak with the business owner, speak with the person, learn what their story is, and then work with them on how they're going to present that story, you know, not just ask some generic questions and out pops a, a copy. And so it, you really start to get that real, you know, like you were talking about with, you know, the real congruency across all the different platforms, the story stays true to who it is and it's, you know, real good copy, not just something generic or bland. And so that's why I was saying that, you know, I always have really high respect for actual copywriters because it's not something I can do myself. I can do it to an extent. I just, it's not something I sell because it's not something I can, Say myself, I'm an expert at, so it's not one of the services I typically offer. Uh, Obviously, if my client that has uses funnel scripts, obviously I'm more than happy to use that and then rewrite it. (laughs) But uh, beyond that, I definitely don't consider myself to be a copywriting expert, and so I definitely have a lot of respect for you and what you do and everybody that you teach that goes into that because it's definitely a true skill. And uh, if you're doing it ethically and correctly and not just writing the you know type of perfect webinar scripts where you're selling people on a course and not the title essentially to where you know you're telling people you know how to make money with instagram they get in there and you're spending half an hour to an hour selling them on your course of how to make money on instagram rather than teaching them how to make money on instagram right it's you know it's misleading it's false and you start to lose a lot of trust yet then some people still buy in because of how it's set up, it piqued their interest enough in it. They learned just enough about Instagram in there to where they realize this person knows what they're talking about. But then the rest of that hour is spent that person selling themselves in their course. And it just it's not true. And that's that's why, you know, where we agree that you know it's hard to go about doing the webinars that way. It's you want to actually provide the value and teach. And that's really important to me. And that's where I I see a lot of people they have a lot of success down the road is it's Uh, I believe the term is called inception marketing and I think that's what you do a pretty good job at and what others I see doing is you're not really worried about that first interaction becoming a sale you're not doing that webinar to sell them at the end you're actually providing value you're positioning yourself in a position of authority over a long span of time by constantly providing value being authentic and real and staying true to that same story not having six different stories across six different platforms and then as that grows the loyalty of the people following you grows and you find true fans and believers that then buy from you because that's what they want to do they know you provide value they know anything they buy from you is going to be even higher levels of immense value than the stuff you're giving away for free and you know and that's that's what you that's where you really start to get the real fans that follow you and believe in what you're doing and your message
1: yep i absolutely agree with that
0: so uh did you other than school did you do any other online courses or read any books or anything like that that helps inspire your copywriting or anything like that
1: yeah i love uh Anne, ha- Anne Handley. I I really like her a lot. Uh, she has great things to say. She uh, is the, no, she's the chief content officer. I'm not sure exactly how the partnership works with uh, uh, marketing profs, but that is a course that you, I've not purchased um, that course. I came into it after uh, already working and being successful in and what I do, but I am on her mail list, and I almost yeah. always read her emails. And they put out great free content and really good stuff. Uh, so I really like that. She's got two books that I think anybody who is writing, anybody who is in our field and and working with clients should read and could read. And they're very good. Uh, the uh, Content Marketing Institute is a really good one too. They put out fantastic. Uh, how-tos and content and really value-rich without having to pay for for their services, although you can. And again, I've never been on the inside of that. So um, I I would assume based on who they are that it was really value-packed and very good. Uh, Unfortunately, so much of my time, I was just telling somebody the other day, I used to love getting up at at five a.m., and I would study and study and study and dream <laughs> about where I am today, you know. And now I'm like up until three a.m.
0: and then,
1: I'm, yes. I, you know, I like fall out of bed, bed at eight, and start working on client work and things like that. Yeah. And so I do miss a little bit that that time, those like three hours in the morning where I was just pouring into the stuff. It's more yeah. Open up an article, open up you know uh, things here and there, and. uh So I don't get to do a lot of that in terms of social media. I have found huge value in, uh, social media United with Rachel Peterson. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a lifetime member with her elite program and her, uh, just the United program itself. Um, so yeah, I, I like both of those. I think that she gives a lot of really good value, uh, within her groups too. And that's, that's helpful. Um, I think a lot of people in the groups are really good in terms of social media and management, and things like that too. Uh,
0: last thing is if there is like, you know, three to five key things that you would tell somebody looking to get into the content and copywriting field uh, for themselves in business, somebody just starting out very brand new to all of this, what would those like three tips or three to five tips, keys, ad, bits of advice, anything that you would give them?
1: Sure. Well, certainly what helped me was continuing to write. Uh, I had been, because I've had a passion for writing and enjoyed writing, uh, okay. I had been doing ghostwriting and doing those small projects for many years. And so by the time I got into copywriting, it uh, it wasn't necessarily that I needed to really hone the craft of writing itself. I just needed to learn what copywriting was and and study that. So I would say to learn content writing is very helpful. Get get into storytelling, get into people who are talking about content writing, like the people that I had mentioned earlier, the groups that I had mentioned earlier. uh, And then write. Literally, there was a time, uh, I have a drive on my computer that I don't even know how many are on there, but just sitting and writing for an hour a day period, no matter what, uh, find a topic, I would keep a, a notebook and I would just jot something down. I feel like there's content everywhere. You can, you can look at something and it can tie into something else. So just jot those things down, make yourself write, And, uh, the more you write, the better you'll get period. I was floored, uh, Recently, somebody asked me in an industry that I had written for before, can I have um, some samples and sure I can send send you some samples So I pull up these samples, and it had been about six or eight months or so since I had written these uh, web pages and i'm reading them over and i'm going oh my goodness i oh, i think i'm gonna change that for a second and so i'm changing a little bit. i just sent it over to that client and said i you know if you want this i think that this is much better version of what i wrote for you yeah. before. uh and not not changing the whole thing but just little things how it flows and and the usage of words and all different things so uh it's just incredible. So I don't go back and look at that drive from years ago because yeah. I don't want to. I'm just going to pretend that was beautiful, as as yes. beautiful as I felt as I was writing it. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but so write and and listen to those uh, that are writing content first, and then I would say uh, go into the copywriting side. And I would really I really encourage people to to work with when I first uh, sort of I guess it's not really interviewing with Upwork but you do have to write for them and you have to answer questions and take tests yeah. for all of this stuff um they declined me they said I'm sorry we're we're not looking for what you have to give yeah. <laughs> and I thought oh man and so I went in I've Dove deep again. Kept studying. I hadn't finished my diploma at that time, but uh, just continued to work on it and studied and studied and studied. Went back, interviewed them, requested uh, one and a half times the amount hourly that I did before when they declined me. Went through the hoops, and and they said yes. And I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was making like two times, too, much more than I was at the beginning, and yeah. uh, and so. Try those things, you know, try, get out there, do some of these tests, try to get on these platforms and then take the smaller jobs uh, in terms of technically getting your writing you know done well and doing your writing well and getting your your technique down. In terms of mindset, know ahead of time that it's not as easy as it looks that um, <laughs> if if copywriting is done well, it looks like that is so easy. I could definitely yeah. do that, you know. <laughs> then you're like yes, you know that's awesome. Um, so so understand that it's not as easy as it looks, and it's not as easy as some people would say that it is. Don't feel like you are um, horrible if you have two or three rewrites or something like that. You yeah, know, yeah. at the beginning, stick with your clients. Uh, be honest with them about where you are in the process, and and make sure that your what you're charging lines up with that. <laughs> um, don't charge you know a thousand dollars for email marketing when it ought to be maybe 150 because you're just starting out. Um, just keep that in line, keep the expectations in line, and keep working at it. If you find that you're passionate about it you're one of the good guys, go ahead. (laughs) If it's drudgery, uh, then it's probably not for you and that's okay too. So just really be honest with yourself. Um, I don't know how many points that was, but (laughs) I think that pretty much covers. (laughs)
0: No, that's, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, no, and that's, those are all very good points and very true ones. Uh, you know, getting your feet wet by getting out there essentially and, you know, trying with Upwork and other ones and actually applying yourself, you know, it doesn't matter how many courses, classes, books you read, if until you apply yourself, you know, you can't really call yourself an expert or say that you truly know what you're doing, you need to get out there, risk failure, you're gonna fail, go out there, fail quickly, fail often, learn from those failures and keep moving forward. I mean, every failure is a learning opportunity. And so use that keep moving forward, rewrite. And uh, the you know, writing every day one, that's one I have heard before from other writers and I've tried to do myself. I just always end up, uh, getting away from it. And I, I probably should do that more so that I can try to improve my own copywriting. Uh, but definitely getting your feet wet out there. I would agree with is if you're passionate about this and want to do it, you know, getting started charging what you're actually worth and, uh, growing from there uh, growing with real experience is is huge and that's what people need to do and you know don't be afraid to fail is
1: yeah I know I know I feel like don't be afraid to fail is so much like uh be prepared for anything I always feel like when you when you hear those things you're like uh okay
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly
1: Right, that's what I'm gonna do. And then, and then there's no way to be prepared for anything, and there's no way to not fear failure. But uh, yeah. choosing to choosing that, those statements, you know, choosing yes. to believe those statements and go forward, there's power in those for sure. Um, yeah. I'm still, I saw a post recently. Somebody asked a question on uh, I think their Facebook page or something that says, "What is your number one fear in your business?" or something to that effect. And, uh, and people were writing and still to this day, I have that fear every time I hit publish, just no matter if it's published or send whatever it is that I'm doing, there's still that, Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to be out there. I'm about to, you know, be out there for the, for myself or for my clients. And, uh, but who cares? I mean, the fear is going to be there. So what, you gonna, what can you do about it? You
0: know, yeah. and, and overcoming that fear as you back. It.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it definitely gets easier over time as you do it more and more. And, but then as soon as you try to do it in a new platform, sometimes that fear can come right back and it just, it takes repetition and consistency, but I mean, your whole message seems to be about consistency across platforms. So I definitely <laughs> not want to talk to you about consistency. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, definitely a very true and solid point. And um, uh, where can where can people find you or connect with you if they want to uh, reach out to you, get some advice, help, or even potentially learn copywriting from you?
1: Sure. Everything really starts on my website, so it's blackmoremarketingsolutions.com. and I have free resources there. You can uh, download. I'm working on a free resource right now about how to uh, how to understand the tone or even. Make the tone for for your client or yourself. Uh, same with voice and kind of merging those. So that should be out there in the next couple of days. Uh, constantly trying to put my own content out instead of all client content or in yeah. other people's Facebook groups. Uh, so anything that I put out will start on the website, and of course, my social media links are on there also.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been fun talking with you.
1: Yeah. If you'll send me a message and let me know when it's up, I'll put it all over my stuff too. So people can listen to it.
0: (laughs) Awesome.